Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And this topic is one that we covered in a podcast where the audio file got that corrupted. corrupted. <laughs> and it was so good. I don't want to like, what do I want to say? I don't want to idealize it too much because I've been afraid to come back and re-record it because I thought, because I thought, oh, this is so good. And then Sam's like, something's really wrong with the file. <laughs> you do have the recorder on, right? I record. Okay. Look, you see the waveform? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, and, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, the we're gonna try it we're gonna try and do it justice try not to hold it you know to too high of a standard i guess or okay or not let perfect be the enemy of good how about that <laughs> oh my god you like that you yes. like, i like that i okay. do like it isn't I it do. good you tried to laugh you're and getting really philosophical here you okay. tried to um to to scoff at that but you were like oh no that's actually that's a good one all right so what's today's topic Taking out stitches or taking out seams or unsewing, what would you like to call it? I had taking out seams, but then you were like, oh, no, you said stitches. And we are going to talk about, you know, top stitching and embroidery, right. machine embroidery and things like that. And so right. I thought, you're right. It should be called taking out stitches. And that's why the title of the podcast is that. <laughs> so, um, okay, let's. I think that one thing I included in the last, you know, the the lost masterpiece is... Oh, my gosh. Don't make your stitches too short in the first place. Right. When you're sewing. Right. And this comes into play, like, do a little test, of course, right? We're always, um, you know, talking about testing. And uh, especially on knits. You may find on your, if you're doing some kind of top stitching on a knit or even seaming or whatever, you may find that the knit doesn't feed through your machine quite like the woven does. And the stitch is a little, you know, short-ish looking. Right. You can go longer. Right. You can make a longer stitch. And it'll be easier to take out when you go to do that. Right. But it'll still hold. So I'm saying if I ever do any straight stitching on a knit for hemming or top stitching, and I would do that straight stitch in a situation where it doesn't need a lot of stretch, you know? Right. I would be okay going to a three. 
a three and a half millimeter stitch length sure. versus your default well, straight stitch being like 2.5. Right. When I top stitch on it, it generally, I also give it a bit of a zigzag. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. That's very true. There was a little bit of a thread about that um, in the in the group. So, you know, I'm thinking about... Because <laughs> I, I don't want it to be stable. Yeah, but I'm thinking about my Morris blazer that I made, the first, yeah. first one I tried to make. And it wasn't, this area was not supposed to stretch. And it was interfaced. I, right. And I interfaced uh-huh. it with sure. a woven fabric. So it's not supposed to stretch. And I straight stitched. I top stitched it. And I screwed something else up. I can't remember what. But I needed to take this out. And it was so hard to take out that I trashed the project. Right. It was easier just, yes, it was easier to just move on. Or cut a new pattern piece or whatever. Yeah, it was easier to just move on. And I thought, oh, man, if this stitch length had not, I I left it, I think, like the default 2.5. So there's that, okay, Uh, with just a little preface to the, you know, taking out the stitches that you might not always in your sewing or your serging you might not always want to use that 2.5 millimeter. Right. Like, you oh, might absolutely. want to go up a little bit. Right. You know? And what you do is, you know, do a test stitch, open up your seam, see if you like it. That's what yes, you do. Exactly. Right. All right. So let's talk about, though, let's go into, let's take out a seam that Just we've done. Just a plain woven. On a woven. What's straight important? stitch off of your regular machine yeah. onto a woven. How would you take that stitch out? Well, I was going to ask you the same you were, question. <laughs> the way I would take it out is definitely I would look for my bobbin thread. Uh-huh. And because if I go to my bobbin thread and I pull my bobbin thread, it will pull out. Where if I pull my top thread, which is my locking thread, all it will do is lock the stitch tighter. You always want to take out seams from the bobbin. From the bobbin. Or stitches of any kind. And turn you know, it over. <laughs> I'll throw this trick in there when I would do a lot of costuming, especially, right? Yes. I would use a different color bobbin thread than top thread. I mean, I might have like deep yellow on the top, you know, and light yellow on the bottom or something like that so that I knew which one was my bobbin thread. Because if I was making 40 garments and I had to go back and take something out, I wanted to quickly identify what was my bobbin thread. Right. And that is such, that is, that tip, okay, I want people who are like, ew, no, not matching threads, Um, like Erin. People (laughs) who are afraid of that. We're not talking, you don't have to use like blue on top and pink on the bottom right. like I do sometimes. But just that slight variation. And if yep. you can remember, you know, there was beige in the bobbin now, and white in the I top. Also, it can help so you know, much. Especially on a woven, I can usually tell which is the bobbin and which is the top. Not everyone can. And I think it depends on the thickness sometimes. Well, it does. Of, of your seam right. or something like that. I think, and another, so I would pull my bobbin thread. Now, the thing is, is if I had a really long sleeve seam like say a side seam on something mm-hmm. I would not be able to pull that entire bobbin thread out it's, sure it's it's just not going to come all the way out so I may go along and take say a seam ripper or the corner of a razor blade or something or my surgical seam ripper and I would pluck up that bobbin thread and cut it there you know and cut it every what Six, eight inches maybe yeah, or something. Yeah, well, and it depends. It, it just depends on, you know, how well it's sewn together, no, the is, fabric, all kinds of characteristics. Is, I, I don't see people do this often enough. Right, right. I see people, that 
I guess there's a lot of ways to take out seams, but I feel like the way that you just described is so valid. It helps you keep the seam flat. You're right. not stretching it open well, and to slice down. When you're not just trying to take the stitch out. You're also trying not to traumatize the that's, fabric, especially yeah. if you want to reuse it again. Oh, great. That's a, that's a wonderful point. So you don't have to open the seam to take out the seam, no, no. I think is is a really good point. So True. you go along there and you slice that. You can slice that bobbin thread every. You said six to eight inches. I think ten I think, to twelve. It just depends well, on what I you're doing. Little, I think I go a little closer. Yeah, sometimes. I think it just it depends, depends on how tight your stitches. Mm -hmm. It depends on what kind of fabric you're. On, a whole lot of stuff. So if you have a normal seam ripper or even if that surgical one, it's like you know you you snip in two places, right. you cut, you sever in two places, and then if you can kind of go. A few stitches past that and raise up the bobbin thread. Right, so you know where to pull again. With the non-sharp part, mm -hmm. it might sort of start coming up for you. And after you sever those bobbin threads, that top thread will fall away, That's right? right? Now, if someone says to me, well, when I go to pull my bobbin thread, it just breaks, you need to throw that thread away. Yeah. Okay, unless it's like a cotton thread and you intentionally use that. Right. But if it is a polyester or a silk thread... What else? Or even a rayon thread, and it breaks that easily, mm -hmm. your, your thread's rotten. Yeah, if you... Yeah. Uh, well, not polyester. It means you started out with something lousy. Right. Um, but, you know, you're not going to hold a seam if your thread's that lousy. You know, something I don't think we included in our original take on this, on a construction seam... Uh -huh. If it's going to get sewn over again, uh -huh. you do not need to backstitch... Most of the time. At the end. At the, right. yeah. At the end of your seam. No. Right. Don't. Don't. It, Absolutely so do not. It will be harder to right. take out. So, well, not only that, again, you're adding bulk and you're adding a bump to no, something. you're adding, yeah, right. absolutely. But I think that that's another, um, it's, you know, you wouldn't think that the advice you'd get about sewing would be like, let's sew like we'd have to take the seam out. <laughs> but, I do. But sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's, you know, right. somebody in the group said, I feel like I'm getting... Um, every time I think something's going to work out really well, I get cocky and I, I have to throw this project right. in the trash. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't happen to like, you know, me personally so often anymore, but that's because I know the fail safes to kind of include right. or the process to check and everything. And this is all part of it. Making those seams easy to edit. Ooh. That's right. Maybe we don't take out seams. You like that? We I edit, like editing edit the stitches. seams. Oh. Edit seams and stitches. I'll just, um. I'm just patting myself on you the like back that. for that one. Oh, okay. I'm glad you like it yourself so, today. Instead of thinking of that you're like tearing apart your work. Right. Well, and yeah. what you're thinking of is you do want to use that fabric again. Right. Yeah. So another thing I guess that sometimes uh -huh. we can say this about all seams that you take out. Usually you're going to go press that seam after you take it out. Okay. Yeah. Where you have removed those stitches, you have contorted those fibers some so, you so before you restitch or whatever you really should press that yeah 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 okay um that is i think that's a really good point just steam it and when mom says press she means straight down with the iron she does not mean to iron like back and forth no back and forth movement movement called though that's, like i don't swiping or wiping or wiping or going back whack, and forth. no wax on wax off with your iron on those <laughs> on those on those very just press down on yeah, it just press down to get it back into shape so you go from the bottom you go from the bobbin area this is going to come up during our embroidery section if i was well. going to give like a standardized test on what you do with sewing it would be to only take out from your bobbin 
from the bobbin side. Yeah, that's, that would be a major question. That's a big rule. Yeah. I mean, only in some kind of weirdo situation would I take out from the top if I could somehow not access the bobbin. And so I don't I, – sometimes, though, on a seam, if I get going, I can sort of spread the fabric layers apart. That happens, And too. run my razor blade. Right. My surgical seam ripper down that or I don't I don't like to use a traditional seam ripper almost ever personally but you do I do you you mm-hmm. you like that too and I also a lot. like a razor blade yeah you don't like the surgical one no, as I much don't. I like a razor, as I razor do. blade a single edge razor blade yeah so you can you can use those don't people people are um often they're like that's scary to me okay you're you should be cutting like one thread at a, at a time. time right you shouldn't be like carving up a piece of wood or something right. <laughs> you know what so the razor blade is sharp you do want it to be sharp you do want to be careful with it uh but i thought maybe we should talk about those tools real quick so surgical seam ripper kind of looks like a scalpel which it really is it is a scalpel it's what it is. and now they call it a surgical seam ripper get it yeah um, and then there's your traditional you know little hook looking hook. yeah it looks like yeah. a hook yeah. and then you know what that ball is for what's the ball for that's the side that should be next to the fabric. Oh, so it protects and it. And people use it the other the way. upside down or yes. the other way. Yes, and then they wind up stabbing their fabric and they wonder what has happened. So the stabby. And those, okay, all of these. The stabby. <laughs> the, stabby. the stabby end. <laughs> but the ball should be next to the fabric. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. That's what keeps it from from. You know, jabbing into or tearing your fabric. Right, right, right. Now, I do use the, I do put the pointy end under a stitch sometimes to get to bring it up. That's what the point is for. It's Mm -hmm. to sort of manipulate out. You know, to get and then and then if you want to run it down that seam, then the ball is there. Yes, to protect. Now, the other thing, and you know, razor blade. I don't know. I just go in there, man. They go in there wicked. They work so nicely that it's normally, it makes pretty quick work. But the thing about all of these is they need to be sharp. Yes. And if you have inherited your grandmother's seam ripper, it needs to go in a frame on the wall. Because it's it's going to be dull unless it's she not, never used it. No. It's not going to be sharp anymore. I think. Well, it'll it won't be sharp just because it's old. Yes, it will have dulled. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Just from oxidation of the metal. So you know those seam rippers where you can't replace the cutter. Right. You, you can't. It really looks like a little crab claw, crab like claw. a like a lobster. You know, you can't like, sharpen that. No. Or, well, I'm I'm sure someone like could if they. Tried. I'm sure somebody's yes, trying. I'm to. sure someone can. Uh, you know, but. Uh, so, so you replace like the whole thing, okay? Right. You buy a new one. Now, the surgical seam ripper, you keep the handle and you replace the blade. Replace the blade. And then, when you buy your big box of straight razor blades, right, to use as seam rippers, you want to keep some of those separate, so that somebody doesn't use them on tape to open up boxes. That's the big thing that will degrade those you know we often will tell you we use our rotary cutter on paper we we'll right. use it on anything but we don't want to use our rotary cutter on on glue right anything that on can sticky. get tacky sticky yes okay so i'll use my razor blade you know for, for you, know, you can use the old ones to open up that's the boxes. right use use the ones that's kind the right. one that is kind of dull but you want a nice sharp and straight right. one and you know what i will say i think i've poked myself 
a little more often with the surgical seam ripper than with the straight razor blade. I think that's true. Because it's a hook. Because it's the way you use yeah, it. Yeah, it's the right. way you use it. I think and, so, too. And every once in a while, I'll look down at my hand, and there's a little red dot. Well, I think <laughs> the other thing is, is I started using the single-edge razor blade before the surgical you know, yeah. uh, Ripper was introduced to sewing. Sure. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. So um, those are the those are kind of the three main tools that we use for seam right. ripping um, in I this I really world. can't think of any. Now, in embroidery. We'll talk. Let's talk about they, that. They do that. Uh, we'll talk they about something another else. thing. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll talk about that in the embroidery part. Um, so that's your woven. Even if even though on the woven, if it's a zigzag. You're doing it from the bobbin. We're talking I know we on said the woven with a regular machine. But yes, that's true. Almost even if you're doing a decorative stitch yeah. on, on your um, regular machine, you go to the bobbin side. And, and those are really good for razor blades because you just want to cut those little bobbin threads. And we'll also talk, I think we'll talk a little bit more about buttonholes, decorative stitches when we talk about embroidery. embroidery all that together, yes. So let's take a little break and talk about uh, sergers and embroidery. Okay. Mallory, tell me all about your dream come true wardrobe planner. I have been dreaming about creating a wardrobe planner for years. Oh, no. Since you were like eight and started drawing with crayons. <laughs> yes. I love, uh, I love to sew and I love to write with paper products and, and pens and everything. And we have published a wardrobe planner. We have a couple of different options on our website. There is a universal wardrobe planner that you can purchase for $19.99 and print over and over again. It'll help you plan any project you wish. And then we also have themed wardrobe planners. And do you know what's special about those, Mom? What's what? special? Um, they include some hand-drawn illustrations by yours truly for whatever we're doing in the self-sewn wardrobe group that month, like PJs or underwear or our month of planning. Because we theme our months. Yes, so you can tackle a new wardrobe section each month in order to build your perfect self-sewn wardrobe. So for more information about these, you can go to sewhere.com slash planner and also check out the membership options because the universal wardrobe planner is included with the backstitch and straight stitch and zigzag memberships. So go to sewhere.com slash planner. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Right, and we're back. So we told you how to take some, you know, stitches out of wovens and don't make your stitch too terribly short. 
uh, or I, we told you how to take out stitches that are made on your lock stitch machine. Right. Excuse me. We talked about knits too. Your machine. Your sewing machine. Yes. So don't don't make your stitch overly short. Test it out. You know, see what you can get away with. And now let's talk about sergers. Okay. Okay. Overlock machines. Overlockers. Serger to our and UK. overlock are the same thing. And people in the UK will say, well, they call them sergers in the United States. Well, some people call them overlocks here, too. Yeah, people do. In fact, yes, the name yes. Baby Lock uh-huh. came from the fact that their first machines that Baby Lock developed were overlock machines. And honestly, it is a, it's a better descriptor. Yes, it Overlocker, is. Overlocker, you um, know. It, is, it's, it's, it, you're crocheting over the edge of the fabric, basically. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good word, but we're just... Um, I don't know where serger came from. I wonder if we could figure that out. Sometime. I don't know, and you know, like, and it's, it's not spelt like any other serger. And like, it's also it's, its own like, name. It's not, um, you know, the autocorrect doesn't like it. No, I mean, I don't know if autocorrect likes overlocker either, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, autocorrect does not like cover stitch. Yeah, that's for sure. It's Makes like it two words. It's two words. Or, it's two words. It 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 corrects it to overstitch for me. Oh, does it? Yeah, it doesn't separate the words. Oh, it wow. corrects it to overstitch. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway. That's an, that's another episode sewing sewing autocorrects <laughs> seeing autocorrects okay when you create an overlock stitch so you'll be doing like a three thread a four thread you could do a two thread as well you're going to be doing some combination though you'll have needle threads and looper threads right and which ones do you want to start messing with when you want to take out that edit the stitch so this is easy to remember it's the opposite of your sewing machine you take out your needle stitch yep and here again we're talking about doing the trick with a colored thread yes is you can choose your needle thread or threads to be a different color than your loopers and that's the thread that shows anyway if you're opening up a seam so you'd match your needle thread most closely to, to the garment fabric. yeah if the, you wanted the, to the right. fabric mm-hmm. and then you could make your looper threads you don't have to make them crazy different. No. You could just make them slightly different. Right. This or crazy different. Or crazy. That's what or, I like and, to do. And, then that, <laughs> and if you're using a four-thread overlock, which means you have two needles and yeah. two loopers, mm-hmm. you can almost make that. Right in, needle. That right needle. Any color you want. Nobody's yeah. seeing that except if you go to inside the garment. Or if it's a sheer Now, garment, if you go inside my garments, there is an array of color. Because I like it that way. And when you go inside my garments, there's even more of an array of color. <laughs> Mom's a little more picky about what she does. And, you know, I, I made that denim shirt dress, uh-huh. you know, and I used up embroidery bobbins on my Did top you? stitching. Yeah. Like, so yeah. on the inside of the button placket, right. there's bright pink thread sure. on one and, like, teal thread yeah. on the other. You and, know? like, we think that's cool. Okay? You're right. Yeah, I like it's it. It's not <laughs> like you're taking your yellow fa- garment fabric and making a seam with black thread. Sure. Okay? That's not what's happening so no. that you can see that seam no. line. You know, this is something that's on the inside. Um, but, you know, like I said, I do it I do it all the time. I use a different color on the inside. I think it looks cool. And making it, making this color slightly different is going to make it so much easier to find. Right. Okay. And you don't have to buy five spools of the same color or four spools of the same Absolutely. color. Absolutely. So I just want to reiterate the stitch length thing again. Again. When you're serging knits together, I don't go lower than a three a lot of the time. Do you go a little lower sometimes? Or? Um, I, I'd say I hang around three. Yeah. Actually, what I usually do 
is I will start like at four or three point five and test and try to go down. Yeah. And see how happy I am going down. Uh-huh. That's that's what I do. Um, I won't because I want my best looking stitch with the most stretch. Yes. Right. So I try and find that combo for it's myself. It's almost like you're trying to get away with the longest, I feel yes. like, a little bit. Yes. Right? You'll get more stretch with a longer stitch, but you get more durability with a shorter stitch. Mm-hmm. Unless you, like, do too short of a stitch. <laughs> then if, yeah. <laughs> okay. Too short of a stitch, and I see that a lot yes. when people show us things on I see that a lot. Do not let them pile up. It shouldn't look like a satin stitch on the inside. You should be able to very much delineate all of those threads and see the pattern that they are making. That's a really good. That's a really good way to to put that. So, um, don't make your length too short. And then once again, that trick or that technique of going along and severing the needle thread. Here Every four or five, whatever, six whatever, whatever seems works for to you. work. Now, sometimes you'll be doing something. If, if it's it's like a short seam, maybe the seam is yeah. only six or eight inches long. It'll it'll all come out if you make sure you've cut the chain at the other end. Right. If you've chained off at the other end, it will tend to knot up. You have to loosen that right, chain. Right. Right. So I just I just I just cut clip it, it really close, you know, to the edge, and it'll undo. Like, okay. So, so then, once you've done that, uh, you you're pulling your needle right. threads. You can stitch over that again, but don't cut again with your surgery. No, okay? remember you've, that you've cut off some seam cut. allowance if you've cut. And, you know, the best thing about pulling a needle thread on a surgery oh, is then beautiful. the stitches just fall out. They just fall so out. So your, your looper threads that have wrapped around the yeah. edge of your fabric. They just sort of uncurl and lay there. Yes, it's it's quite beautiful. So, um and if you pull those looper threads, oh, man. you're in trouble. You're beeped. Because, <laughs> because, yeah, you have definitely. So you have then tightened up the stitch that's going over the edge, the crocheted part. Uh-huh. That's go to, it's tightened up. So now you've got to try and get that out and pick that out with whatever you're going to pick with. Um, probably, uh, you know, a, a um, seam ripper, seam razor ripper blade right, or something. Yeah. And the other thing is, is you've contorted your fabric. Oh, yeah. You so really, you've really screwed yourself. Don't it pull the It needs to be the needle thread. So why not make it a different color, guys? Yeah. Why? Okay. There's certain things that, like, if it makes life easy, you just should do it. Even if it's breaking the rule that your, you know, sewing teacher taught you 45 years ago. So I'm looking around at our serger threads, and I'm just looking, like, black. Okay, so right. if I'm making a black garment, I put black thread in the needles, most likely. And then we've got this, like, really dark green I, over our, here. I use dark, our charcoal. Charcoal. I always have charcoal. Navy. In fact, I will tell you, sometimes I sew on my conventional machine instead of black i use charcoal because i can see the i can see i can see it when it's going in i can see where my seam is well isn't that just interesting everybody i mean we really black on black can be really harsh to even deal with i don't think that i would have told someone but you know i'm really coming to realize that we do do a lot of prep work in sewing that helps us during the editing process, that's right. during the taking out of the stitches process, yep. I think that's really um, I'm I'm just kind of coming to see that right. it's really part of our habits of, of preparation. Uh, so that's on the serger, a cover stitch or a chain stitch. You want to go from the looper side as well, um, and then those needle threads will fall away. Now on a cover stitch, do you pull your 
Needle threads. Ne- oh, d- I just said that wrong. I'm I, so I, sorry. I, don't, I apologize. Now, I've done the, okay. Yeah. So when I get to a cover stitch, especially if it's a triple, you can really get really dicey here. Okay? Yeah. So I feel like there's two ways to remove a cover stitch. Okay. And one is go to the back. Mm-hmm. And where those threads are braided over, you see them like crocheted back and forth, right? They're slit making them up, the, yeah. Just slit right down them with, you know, and then let it all pull away, or pull your um, your, your needle thread. Yeah, I think in most instances, especially because of the way I do my cover stitching. Because I like it really pretty, and a lot of times I like the stretch thread because it looks prettier. I'm better off just slicing those the looper loopers. thread. Yes, yeah. it gets so messy, and that will get messy too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I will tell you what the be- one of the best things to have around then is like a lint roller. Yeah, that's the really all that makes little linty stuff. It just, but I think cover stitch. Now there is a way if you can find it to find your needle threads and pull them and they'll undo but they're very hard to it's very hard to, you have to do it from the specific end where you it's not as stop. easy as the surgery you can right you is the overlock yes yes it's just not as easy um and a lot of times on the cover stitch i do have them all the same color because yeah. of the effect i want right. so that's also another reason why i will cut through them instead of start picking it's often more decorative yeah. good yeah. point good point because you know if i'm doing a triple cover and maybe i've got the um crocheted side up right that mm-hmm. i want those needle threads to be the same color because i don't want it to look like i have little dots of color now sometimes i do it with little dots of color that is that is one thing we right. were talking about buying more thread and that is one thing that we yeah if you got a about. cover stitch sometimes you want them all to match yes yeah that's, that's where we'll we'll give in yeah. to the matchy matchy peoples okay so Let's, I think we can move on to embroidery, but your tip about the lint roller uh-huh. or some like tape. Right. I Tape's used to good. Take things out. Yep. And this definitely applies to embroidery. Yes. So you. Now, another thing you can do is you can dampen like a sponge or a piece of scrap fabric. Uh-huh. And that will sometimes pick that lint up too. Oh, really? Okay. Do, yeah. It, it, it helps it ball up yeah. easier. Yeah. 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 Okay. Embroidery, definitely a lot of lint in the taking out oh, process yeah. because you are just. There's buildup of stitches right. there. So listen to this. Embroidery, decorative stitches, always, and, and buttonholes, anything that, that is a satin stitch, always from the back. And leave your stabilizer so in, on. Exactly. In. <laughs> well, and if, if, you're in a, if you're doing embroidery in the hoop, don't take it out of that hoop. Absolutely. Not only because you may be trying to rematch where you were, but because it's got the fiber stretched and ready for you. It's, it is it's so like ready tympanic for ready. Yes, it's yes. So, so ready. Tympanic. Yes, All tympanic right. ready. <laughs> you know, oh, well... I learned a new word yesterday, but now I can't remember what it was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so did she learn it or not? Actually, I think it might be a little inappropriate now that I think about it. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, so, Like, I always try and want to use certain words like quixotic and stuff, and I never – I can't remember where to put them. Like, Yeah. Yeah. You know what uh, – okay, total tangent here. Right. I listen to the Straight and Curly podcast. Uh-huh. And they are Australian. Okay. And the – the two women were on there and like, I was trying to use the word pass in a sentence. Okay, so what do you think, what word am I saying? 
like pass something? No, they were no. saying parse. So oh, like a parcel? No, no, like parsing out something. That's okay. a parcel. Well, no, yeah. P-A-R-S-E is part. I mean, the words yes. are related. Right, okay, right. but but she was trying yes, to just use to, the word to spread it out. But when or, they when they divide it up or you know yeah, parse it out. Yes, right. But when they were t- saying it. You know, you didn't Australian. know what word it was. And for a second, I was like, she can't use the word pass. It's <laughs> like, I, I think I use that word. And I was like, oh no, she's talking about that word. And it's, you know, we both speak English, right? Like, but it's a different, you know, accent, a different dialect. And I thought, that's so interesting. Well, that's just, I mean, you know, they talk about all the dialects, like in England. Yeah. And they have names for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, over here, we don't. We just. <laughs> We, it, it's like you know, it's the southern accent, or they call them accents. I think they're language because people use words differently. Absolutely, too. They, a word can have a different meaning, and you could actually insult someone and not know it. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, everybody in the UK, Fanny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But I, okay, so those words, I just thought that was really cool. The the, the way you hear things, the way you see things written, uh, right? It, I find well, that. Well, you know that I didn't know what booty was. You know That's my story right. about that when That's I was right. in nursing school. Somebody said booty to me and. I told them I would help them wash their feet. Yep, that's yep. right. Okay, yep. okay. Moving on, moving on. Okay. Oh, embroidery. So you're embroidering along. Right. And you realize that you have put three L's in Mallory instead of two. Okay. Oh, I meant to spell it with three. You mean there's no no. Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, We could only afford two, so she was could only, only afford two. two L's. So you need to, you know, rip that out, right? So your embroidery stitches, sometimes there's more than one type of stitching. Absolutely. Even in the, within the same shape. Especially a letter because yeah. you'll, you have the the foundation yeah. uh, stitching. The kind of like framework. Right. And then there will be some, you know, uh, in hand embroidery, they'll sometimes call it like padding stitching. Right, or something. right, right. But in the embroidery world, there's, you know, these foundation stitches. And then there are satin stitches over them. So... If you realize something is wrong or you need to take something out, leave it hooped. Leave the stabilizer. Do not tear that stabilizer away. Take it out of your machine gently. I was going to say, no, you can take it off the machine, but you leave it in the hoop. <laughs> leave it in the hoop. Right. And you turn it over and you try not to distort it in your hoop because, right. like Mom said, maybe you're going to try and line things back up. Right. And you're going to, like, shave. With a, with a single head? A single Edge. <laughs> Sorry, single blade razors, which means it sort of has like this little covered edge on the one side so right. that you can hold it. Now, Dr. Frank, he likes the buzzer. The voice at the beginning of the podcast. Yes. He likes the buzzer. It's which like is a, a little razor, just razor like you blade. would cut your hair with. Yes. Right? You they, know, and he likes it. They sell these on embroidery websites. Yeah. And in fact, or you can go to the hairdresser website get, or, like or your and get what is called a peanut. Uh-huh. And it is a very small um, razor like that, okay? Right. Uh, so it works, everybody. It really does. We have never felt... I just think I don't make that many mistakes. I said to Dr. Frank, so just how much are you screwing up? I was gonna up? I was like, you know, how big of a field yeah, are you messing yeah, up yeah. that you want like, to do? Like is he that? like shaving like the whole the back whole of an Afghan or yeah, something right. or what? Yeah. Now I I also must admit that I I haven't used one because I find that I don't okay, if I was gonna get one and I thought it was gonna be a useful tool for me, right. I would go embroider on something and try my hand at this because I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like I have the control. I think you're right. There's, well, 
you, you know what? You've some used people one. some people might think they have more control with that. I think it's yeah. what you get used to or what you I think it's an individual. Yeah. You know, I taught you to take out with a razor blade. Deatra taught you to take out with a razor blade. That's right. That's right. She used to take a lot of stuff Stuff out. So, but like you said, like how big is it? Are you taking out like a eight by eight field of like solid embroidery? I don't want to totally challenge Doctor Frank because he seems to like it, and he he likes his tools. And no, we had this conversation because he was like, "You should carry these in the shop," and I'm like, "I just can't like personally get behind the product." Well, I think it is too because I I could. We didn't feel like it got a lot of use. Right. Right. You know and. I mean, tools, my gosh, we have tools coming out of the yin-yang over oh, here. We, and we love them. I, I mean, we love tools, but I don't want anything I don't need. That's right. Yeah, you know, and I feel like I can go without that. I, I don't feel like I take, if I was taking enough out that I needed to shave the back of my embroidery. I'd throw it away. I would throw it away. <laughs> I would be going and looking. Yeah, that's Buy how I Buy a new jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, but it how did. It become a dog rug and then, you know, I would buy a new one. So hopefully this piece is hooped. If it's not, it's okay, you know, but the stabilizer behind there is really helpful. And you're going to gently, like, I'm yeah. I'm sort of you like. You shave the bobbin thread. Yeah, gently, like, stroke it with the And the thing sharp... that's nice about embroidery is most often your embroidery thread is a different color. And it has a stabilizer between it and, you know. Your public fabric. And the bobbin thread is generally very thin. It's very fine. 60 weight or 90 weight bobbin thread for embroidery. So you should be able to trim those away and you will work through the layers. And after you've trimmed a bunch of bobbin thread, go to the right side and gently kind of like you can almost brush away a little bit at the top thread and some of those will come out. You don't want to pull too hard. You can actually also use an eraser. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because it's rubbery, you know, something that's rubbery and sort of pull it with that and that works really well. And uh, tape. Tape. I've I've just used packing tape before or or a lint roller or something. Wrap cellophane tape backwards around your hand and then go for it. Yes, I've done that when I'm picking a bunch of stuff out. So when we tell you to make your buttonholes out of embroidery thread because it lays flat, you should be using the correct bobbin thread with that, which means it should be another embroidery weight thread or something lighter like the bobbin thread for embroidery. That's what makes them lay flat and nice. We did an impromptu live uh, when Sam and I were making button-up shirts up here, and she was making her buttonholes, and I accidentally touched the screen of the machine, like, while she was making her buttonholes, and we had to take one out. I don't out. think you and Sam should sew together. I don't think we should be up here together. Yeah, you seem to have I make, trouble. I use her pattern you know, instead of I know you, you always seem to screw up really good when I'm not around, but you need me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but it was good that we screwed up because we did a really great video of taking out the a buttonhole. buttonhole. Right. It was beautiful. And again, you don't slit it. No. You know? No. Well, You're yeah. Okay. Here out. you go. You got your you buttonhole. leave the stabilizer in, all that stuff. Yes. And we, we were like, wait, this is kind of messed up here. You know? So we consider buttonholes embroidery basically yeah and i want to also point out when you're taking out the embroidery or taking out the buttonhole remember you talked about how you don't want to distort the fabric too much right but if you've sat and stitched on something or embroidered on something your fabric is just changed now yes it's got a bunch of needle punches in it so i think that maybe i couldn't get out one of the little straight lines of stitching that had begun the buttonhole exactly leave it it's okay if there's a tidbit of stitching and actually Hot tip on the embroidery. Before you go to take out stitching, let's say you've started your M 
uh-huh. maybe even your A of Mallory, uh-huh. and it's like in yellow, and it was supposed to be in like blue. You just back. You leave. I have left it before and, gone and just over stitched it. right over it, yeah. and it has not been a problem it sometimes. Worked. Just so yeah. you all know, maybe try There's it ways out. To cheat. Yes, totally. And you know, especially yep. if you're going darker over lighter thread, right. I've done it more times than you might think. Okay, it's worked out for me. I was surprised. That's a good tip. Yes, that's excellent. No, yeah. you, if you start the letter and and it's you didn't change the thread or whatever, right? Stop it. Don't take it out of the machine. Don't right. do any of that jazz. Just stitch over it again. Yeah. Um, so with the buttonhole, though, we did – this video is gorgeous because I slipped the bobbin thread, turned it over, and, like, the whole buttonhole came out. Came off cool. so cool. Like, everybody's like, this right. is so neat, you know? And I was like, yeah, aren't you glad we screwed up our buttonholes, you know? So leaving that stabilizer in there. And then this these, – these little tips here also apply to that decorative stitching that we talked about a little bit in the – Absolutely. Right? A decorative stitch – is usually a combination of stitches. So a lot of times you'll have like a straight stitch or a little bit of a zigzag stitch. Sometimes you'll have a triple stitch and then you'll have a satin stitch too. So all of these apply. So I would treat it like embroidery. Well, and but think about the fact that you're going for the bobbin thread. And this just once again points back to that. And again, if decorative stitching, you should have a stabilizer under it also. Okay, that's what I was just going to say. Because and it, you should be using embroidery weight thread, and you should be using the correct bobbin thread, which is the same thread or a lighter weight thread. Yes, so we tell you to use stabilizer under the buttonholes and under the decorative stitches, and it doesn't only have to do with making them look better. It can be easier to take them out. And you know what? If you do it without stabilizer, you're going to want to take it out anyway. Because That's right. it's going to look good. <laughs> you know? uh, it will help you so, so very much. And we include some tearaway stabilizer in our What's Up Button Up kits. That's right. There's a couple interfacings in there. And then there is tearaway stabilizer yes. for buttonholes. Uh, so anyway, that's just kind of something we find to be so essential uh, is tearaway stabilizer. So... I think that that covers. So what if you have to take out top stitching, Mallory? I want to know how you do that. What do you mean? Well, what if you have top stitch around your collar and it looks Yankee? Well, how do you Yankee? Think that? Yeah. I say janky. Janky. You're like you're like the Dutch. Yankee. The t- <laughs> Yankee with a, a fjord fear lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> like I'd go to the bobbin. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I just thought it's something we you, didn't specifically okay, Mom, cover. That's very true. But I just want to tell you guys, Mom's giving me this surly look over here, and I'm thinking it's a trick question, and I'm so worried. <laughs> I will say that when we top stitch, we don't use top stitch thread in the bobbin generally. Uh, almost never. And what length thread stitch do stitch. we use? Long. 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 So everybody <laughs> who's top stitching and doesn't like it, and it looks like it's being buried, it's because your stitch is too short. On my jeans, I'm at a 4, maybe even mm-hmm. 4.5 mm-hmm. sometimes yep. on my Jane. Yep. I also, real quick here, this is a bit of a tangent. I had someone. No, in the, no, yeah, a tangent. It is, it is. Get ready. Someone in the group say, I don't like that my machine's stitch length doesn't go long enough for a basting stitch. And they said that their machine only went up to a five. Uh-huh. And I want to say that should be long enough. Well, I maybe not on some fabric. Well, 
I thought she should get her machine checked out. Well, if the five uh, yes. wasn't actually and, five, and like then, she should measure her stitch. And then another stitch. thing is, some machines will have a stitch that skips. Oh, okay. A bobbin pickup, uh-huh. right? So it's a real long that you stitch. can use. You can really lengthen. I mean, so you can get a ten out of a five. I guess, and I can't remember, you know, what that stitch like. You looks know, like or something. Yeah, what it looks like when they draw it out. But there is one where you can. It actually skips picking up the bobbin uh-huh. thread every other time so you've doubled the length of your stitch it was a computerized machine and right. i also wondered if in some areas of her machine the length was restricted also like some menus in some in some um computerized machines there is in the decorative area, a basting, basting stitch, stitch, which is longer. Yeah. Right. So check that out. I don't if you're worried about your stitch length, but if, if you're stitching and your stitch length just do, like doesn't move or you're like, gosh, right. my, my five millimeter stitch length looks like it's a yeah. three millimeter. On most things a five, you should be able to take it out by pulling that bobbin thread most often. That's kind of I'm just was, wondering what she was, you know. Yeah, I don't certain know. Knits, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I maybe thought, a bulky fabric, maybe not. But yeah, I kind of thought, well, maybe she should actually get that machine looked at because it's not actually right doing right. right. You know, the feed dogs aren't moving enough or right. whatever. You know. So okay, well, I think we've covered quite a bit about taking out. Excuse me, editing stitches. Uh, love that. Uh, feel free to use that and. <laughs> Mom's just looking at me like... Stitch editing. Yes. Uh, To coin a phrase. uh, Feel free to let us know if there are any other tips or tricks or things you've learned or things you keep around when you are stitch editing. I have one. Oh. People say, use your rotten thread to baste. And I want to say, then how do you pull it out without it breaking? Oh. Because I see people give that recommendation all the time, and I just thought about it. I guess so. If you've got huh. you know some rotten cotton, it doesn't do any good to baste with it because then you can't get it out. Yeah. So everybody think about that. Just just, just you think about that. <laughs> use good thread. Okay. Sometimes it's hard to get people to not use crappy thread. That's We've right. Got- uh, okay, well, you can find us on Instagram. We're at ZD Sewing Studio. And uh, mom, take it away. So so long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh,